Live from the 607, it's the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour, where we're talking sports locally and nationally. Join the conversation on our social media with the hashtag ODPH, because here we go. Welcome back for another edition of the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. I am your host, Ken. I'm joining me in studio as always. It's the co-host. It's Padawan J. Hello, hello, hello. ODPH Society, what is going on? Hopefully everybody is staying safe, staying healthy, and staying inside during the C-19 time period. And we hope that we're providing you some entertainment. So thank you for tuning in this week. We got some stuff to talk about in the land of sports. So obviously join in that conversation on social media. You can find all our links on OchoDuroParleyHour.com. And always use the hashtag ODPH because we want to interact with you. It's been a tough time going about. Hopefully everybody's spirits are up, and hopefully we're providing you with some entertainment in the sports world for this episode. And what we're going to kick off this show with is some UFC news. Uh-huh. Now, obviously, with C-19 going on, we know that there are shutdowns. We know that there are issues yep. going on. And the latest victim of that has been the main event for UFC 249. I mean, this this kind of felt like, you know, you're watching a movie or a TV show, and you know there's a character who's going to get offed. Mm-hmm. And you're just kind of waiting for the the ball to drop on it. I always had a feeling something was going to happen with this card, but obviously because of what C19 going on and all the stuff getting canceled and just restrictions and travel restrictions and just all the hoops that were, you know, it, well, you know, it, you know, it got bad to the point where Dana White shared that photo. I believe it was on Instagram of like the fight, a, a cartoon artist drawing the fight taking place on the moon, mm-hmm. and he basically put it up with the caption, "I mean, if we have to, dot dot dot." Right. You know, you. I always had a feeling that something was going to ha- happen with this card, be it it got postponed because they could, the fighters couldn't get to wherever it was going to take place, or it got postponed because, you know, they simply couldn't find a venue for it. Didn't think it would happen this way for the now sixth time. Yeah, this fight, you have to think, is cursed. You have to think that it's never going to happen. I There's just so much with the legacy of mm-hmm. Habib versus Tony Ferguson, the main event that fight fans have been dreaming of is yet again on hold. Now, obviously, this time there's some different circumstances. Yeah. Obviously, with the C-19 shutdowns, travel restrictions are in place for certain fighters and where they're stationed. So, Habib cannot leave and travel. Right, yeah. So, it came out, uh, what was it, earlier this week, Mm -hmm. where Habib and his team, and and this has been widely reported by both Ariel Holani, Brett Okamoto, and various other MMA writers that nobody's really sure where this fight is going to take place. You've got all these fighters who are supposed to be on this card training and in camps for this card that they don't know where it's going to take place. It's not been announced where it's going to take place. You know, because the this United States, the Center for Disease Controls has re- recommended no gatherings of more than 50 people. And then you have some states where it's not all not, you know, no essential, uh, non-essential people can't be out of their homes and, and this and that. So you, you knew something was going to go on with this. But, you know, Habib came out and said that the fight is off, that his team was told that it was 99 percent certain that the fight was going to take place in Abu Dhabi. Mm-hmm. And that so he and his team flew out to Abu Dhabi because with everything going on, let's just get there so nothing can happen and really prevent this fight from happening. Well, they got to Abu Dhabi and shortly after they were told, hey, we're shutting the country down. You know, we're putting the the government's putting a travel ban in place so no one can leave or enter unless you're a, a documented citizen. So he and his team left and went back to Russia, which shortly a few days after put in their own travel ban. So now he can't get out of Russia. Right. So obviously this fight is canceled 
for right now for different circumstances. Mm-hmm. Dana White has been very, very vocal, I guess is the easiest way to describe it, that they're still going to try making UFC 249 happen. I don't know how. It, Unless you put it on like a uh, aircraft carrier in the middle of the ocean that's been sterilized, I have no idea how you're going to do this. It's a very odd situation that we are in because they have not had a fight since UFC Fight Night 170 in Brazil. Right. And that was in front of an empty arena. Right. So they have canceled, I believe, three cards since then. I believe so. And on the flip side, you have Bellator, who just uh, today or yesterday, I believe, announced that all of their fights uh, for the month of May were canceled. Right. So obviously, this is a very unique situation and time frame we're living in. But Dana has been very vigilant about saying he's going to try salvaging a card and doing something with it to make sure that UFC 249 happens. Obviously, losing this main event for this circumstance, I'm. it's easier to swallow than when Ferguson got injured a week out. Yeah, I mean, or what, was that the one where it was on April Fool's Day? He tripped on a cord and blew his knee out? Yeah, it was something like that, that he tripped on a cord. And, like and you, knew, he, you knew the, the circumstances with this fight getting canceled had reached ridiculous status. Right. And obviously, back and forth, since this fight has been trying to been made. And this sixth is, time. This is the sixth time. Yeah, it's just always there's been an injury that happens, a fluke one. Either Tony gets hurt or Habib gets hurt or time frame doesn't work out. Yeah. or it's, yeah. it's a weird scenario that this happens in because for fight fans to understand the gravity of the situation, Habib right now is arguably pound for pound the best fighter on the planet. He's also arguably one of, I'll say, top five, top three hottest names in the brand. Right, and obviously due to the involvement with Conor McGregor and the cluster. Yeah, blank the, the mess. That, that, yeah, you can describe it, and I don't even want to get into that. Uh, a lot of people are now aware of Habib, and yeah. he you you definitely have one opinion over another. Me personally, I think he's pound for pound the best fighter on the planet. You can't tell me otherwise. Oh, he's amazing. He's a different cat. He's somebody that does not do trash talk. He is somebody that will go in there. Nobody has been able to figure out his Stambo style, and he has just been mauling everybody that has been in front of him. He's the hardest dude to read when it comes to press conferences. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just sitting there. You know, especially I think back to when he was getting ready to fight Connor. Mm-hmm. And and just you have the press conferences and Connor's doing his usual trash talk. You know he's got the Irish accent going and full tilt, yelling and swearing and this and that. And Habib's just sitting there, you know, like a Ben Stein type voice, just sitting there deadpan. Just I'm I'm gonna fight you. I'm gonna beat you. Well, that's the thing that is one of the hardest areas to figure out about Habib. Like you touched upon, he, the mental game. You don't break him. You don't really see him show emotion. The only time that we've seen this happen is in Rocky Four with Ivan Drago. No, I was going to say that infamous fight in Vegas when he beat Connor. Oh, yeah. And it was just the melee by the cage and him jumping in the crowd. And wasn't it? Oh, yeah, that wasn't Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. It was just the only time you've really seen him lose his emotions. And you can say he was justified. I think he was justified. Oh, yeah. And I think that, obviously, he is somebody that just does not appreciate the trash talk aspect of certain fighters such as Conor. I think he I think he respects and might have be okay with trash talk to a certain extent, but if you go back and you watch the tape with a lot of that trash talk, that crossed the line. Oh, yeah, Conor definitely crosses a line, and you don't know somebody's line until you cross it, and you don't know how far you can push a boundary until you get a reaction. It's, it's the Joker Batman, you know. To a degree, thing. yeah. No, that's a great analogy, and that's just how it is with... Habib is just you can talk a little trash, and sure, I mean, he understands the fight game as well sure, as anybody. Sure, But when you start going on a line, and he has been very well vocal about this is where Connor crossed the line, and you can't really defend it. 
No. I mean, you, you can say, like, I understand where Connor was going with because that's just how Connor is. Mm-hmm. Look at any press conference he is. He's just a very yeah. flamboyant, boisterous fighter. Yeah. To put it mildly. Yeah. I mean, I think back to that one great press conference they had where it was all the champions. It was that mega press conference yeah. they had where Cerrone was trash talking him. This kind of planted the seed in everybody's head for those two to fight. Mm-hmm. And and Connor was talking about, oh, you, you agree to a fight with Connor McGregor. You go home and tell the white baby, we made it. Break out the red panties. And he's just, I'm just like, okay, this is getting a little graphic. Yeah, but that's just how he is. And, yeah. that's, and you can go through the lineage of press conferences when he turned into the notorious one. Because when he first came out, he wasn't really as wild and crazy no. as he is. No. And then, obviously, he has just grown into this, you know, puzzling figure that is just... He's polarizing. Polarizing, I don't, I don't think, does enough justice. Connor is somebody that you either really buy into the hype of the character or you despise it. Mm-hmm. And for Habib... He despises it, and I get it because that's just not how he is. He's just a differently wired person. So for this fight to happen, obviously, has been a letdown because Habib has never been brighter in the public eye, Mm -hmm. and Tony Ferguson has been on a fight streak, and he has been just the fighter when he's gotten in that cage. He has just been putting on displays. He has just rightfully been the number one contender for as long as I can remember at this stage, because mm-hmm. for the fight to be canceled five times, it is tough. So that being said, this is on hold. We don't know if this is going to get rescheduled. Right. So, Pad, let me ask you this. If you're Dana White, what do you do for UFC 249, mm-hmm. and what do you do with this fight mm-hmm. matchup? If I, it's, See, this is the hard thing, is they've got so many of these booked down the road that you know you almost have to cancel it. Mm-hmm. I, I would still put out something maybe on an ESPN plus where, you know, cancel 249 just because with all of you have more and more states now putting in stay at home orders, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's getting harder and harder. Essentially, at this point, if you were to hold a card of some varying fashion, you would have to get lucky, find a state where there isn't a stay at home order in place, find a venue which to, to house it that would be OK with it and then put everything together essentially at the 10th hour. Mm-hmm. which I think is going to be very hard, and you would be limiting it to almost all American fighters unless there are foreign fighters living in the States training. And and then you have to find, you know, we're two weeks out at recording here, essentially. You know, you'd have to find somebody within two weeks that's at weight, can make weight, and can fight in the whole nine yards. And then you got to worry about licenses. you got to worry about insurance in the whole nine yards. I just think there's too much logistically, and it's too late in the game for them to put something together. What I would do if I were Dana White, is I would go through in in top five fights of all time, whatever you want to put it, you know, top five fighter, you know, fighters of all time, like a Chuck Liddell, uh, uh, you know, Anderson Silva, put out one of their best fights mm-hmm. and put it together for a card on ESPN Plus and mm-hmm. show that just it's something to fill the void. Hey, we realize we can't have a card here, but hey, here's here's you know Chuck Liddell versus Tito Ortiz, yeah, something like that. It's a good idea. Not disputing it. I guess I look at this from two folds on this. One, I understand the show must go on mentality. Obviously, with what's going on with C-19, that is proving to be harder than anything that make happen. I have heard certain fighters have said they're willing to fight Tony Ferguson and step right up. First name to come to mind was Justin Gaethje, mm-hmm. which I, if you've been listening to this podcast for a few episodes now, you know I've been screaming that that is the fight that he is the actual number one contender and should get a shot. 
if Ferguson or Habib can't fight. I don't want to see a leapfrog to Connor. Habib can w- sit on the belt and wait, and there's no problem with him doing it because he's still training. Right. There's footage that's been leaked out that he's still getting ready. I would say this. If I'm Dana and I need to make this fight, I make Gaethje versus Ferguson if I can get them in a neutral place to fight in an empty arena if I'm really pressing to do this. The one other option that came across the wire that I'm hearing about is Usman and Masvidal have said that they are willing to step in and fight early instead of going in July. So if that's the case, would you just flip the fights? If they're both willing to go, I mean, it just depends on where. That's the only question I would have now. If they can actually go and step in the fight, that's a that's a big money fight. But if you put it in an empty arena, like say at the UFC, where they do the Ultimate Fighter, I, I don't. It's not their performance center, but they're one place that they do. Oh, I don't know the, the contender, wherever the the building is. The name, yeah. the official name, is well, escaping me right if now. If they want to find a place, it's going to be a little hard just because doing a quick search as we sit here recording at the end of March. Uh, the article from CNN.com dated March 30th. Uh, there are currently 30 or 31 different states with stay-at-home orders in place. Hmm. So, and and a lot of them are big name, you know. Venues with that have housed UFC in the process in the past, you know, California, Arizona, New York, Nevada. You know, it's a lot of states with a lot of big, you know, MMA history and background. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's, it's going to be tough. Yeah, it's definitely going to be tough. So I, it, it all depends. I mean, if if you can't wait on it, because I mean, obviously, if you wait, I understand why it's not going to be looked down upon. And no, saying, like, what are you doing? And, no, and why are you doing this? That's the one thing about it that with this area of combat sports, you can sit and wait. You can show older footage. You can make something happen to tide over the, your fan base. And I feel like for as long as fans have wanted this fight with Habib and Tony, mm-hmm. and you know the fact that it's now failed six times, right? That's a fight that needs to have a crowd with it. Yeah, you know you you can't sit there for God. It's got to be a ten years at this point. We've been waiting for this fight. And finally get to it, and nobody's there to see it. Yeah. You know, you're, oh, we're just all sitting at home watching it on TV. That might work for some other fights. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you know, I've never thought of this matchup, but it might be good. That one, you need to have a crowd with it. Yeah. You, you need to have people there to see it. You need that atmosphere that comes with the fight. And you know what? I'm perfectly fine moving that to the July card Yeah, with uh, Usman and Masvidal. If you scrap two, 249, as much as it sucks, it's understandable. Yeah. At this time, nobody would justify... You making this move or not, not justify it? Everybody understands. Yes, yeah, no. Uh, there, I'm sure there are some people who would be upset by it, but in the grand scheme of things, that is a very small percentage. We're all upset with what's going on, but yeah. you know, if you play by the rules and everybody stays inside and everybody is doing the right things, the situation ends a lot quicker, or at least that, that it would be flattening the curve, yeah. as they say. Yeah. So I don't want to say it's going to end, but everybody understands. It'll my help. Point. It will help. So if we don't have this card, that makes sense. And then I would say just make the one. Yeah. Why don't you take a page out of the WWE and New Japan Pro Wrestling? Mm-hmm. Why don't you stage a pay-per-view event back-to-back nights? Yeah. Do it Friday and do it Saturday yeah. of Ultimate or yeah. International Fight Week. Yeah. Stack you, that I, card to the nines. Stack one card the Friday night and stack the other one Saturday. You're trying to tell me that you can pull that off in multiple locations in Vegas. If you needed to. If you stack that card right, you could be talking buy rates that won't be touched for a long time. Exactly. Because you you have every single fighter on the planet cleared to travel. Oh, yeah. So you can tell me one night could be Habib versus Ferguson as your main event. You could have Connor versus Gus, Justin Gaethje. I would say, why not make it kind of like the WWE's Night of Champions? Not Obviously not have every champion on there, but let's just say half of them. 
if they're all cleared and ready to go, you know, I'll, you know have one portion on on Friday night, the other portion on Saturday night. You can't tell me that you any even casual MMA fans are sitting there looking at the lineup of championship matches, going, "Holy crap, I got to get that card." Yeah, I think that that's where you have to answer that, and I think that that is an easy solution to do if you if you can wait, which I think is the right move to yeah. do. I think if you have to scrap two forty nine, go ahead. As much as it sucks, yeah. Just the only thing is make sure the fighters and are taken care of for their pay, and just make sure everybody that's involved in the event is taken care of. So mm-hmm. nobody, it, you know, at least there's some kind of compensation. You're going to lose money, sure. Oh, if yeah. you cancel a card, it's going to happen. But we all, you have to really try helping out wherever you can. And I understand if fighters don't fight, they don't get paid. It's a fine line to walk, and this is where the UFC would have to step in and kind of make some regulations, and that's going to be their prerogative to do. Either way. Doing the fight at 249 doesn't make a lot of sense right now at this stage. Pushing the fight back and let everybody get, you know, try getting healthy and make sure the fight happens in July makes a lot more sense to me. And if if you ever really struggling to make this fight happen against Ferguson, because I think Ferguson would fight anybody they threw at him. Have him fight Gaethje. Sure. I mean, that will be pure violence, which I'm sure I'm sure it's not a case of wanting to find or having an issue finding somebody to fight. Ferguson, I'm sure there's a fairly long line with that one. Yeah. I think, like I said, I just think the issue at this point is venue because for as long as it's been up in the air, I feel like if it weren't an issue of finding a venue, they would have had one by now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think that would answer the question. I mean, if you cancel 249, you bump this fight to July, August, do something with it, push it back later. Sure. And if you're going to be canceling fights, reschedule these fights for a later date. Make yeah. these super stacked cards. Yeah. If one thing that people are complaining about, that the cards have only two great fights on them and the rest are the undercard that you don't know, make these super cards. Yeah. It will justify the $70 or whatever you pay for pay-per-views to your fan base. Yeah. They, they would understand. If you have their four title fights yeah, yeah. on a card, People will understand paying that. Right. I mean, and that's why we do watch parties. Yeah, and I mean, I, I know I've kind of thought that in the last couple of months or even the last year or so, where in the past there was, you know, undercard was some people you might not have known, maybe an up-and-coming star, maybe a, a star of yesteryear, you know, but and then the main card was mostly people you knew. There might be a, an occasional person you might not have heard of or somebody that's been gone for a while. Oh, hey, I forgot they were, you know, they were still signed under contract. Mm-hmm. But now lately it's been... Until you get to maybe the co-main event or the fight right before it, everything else is a bunch of guys you've never heard of. Right. It's just one of those odd situations the UFC is in. And if they really want to try getting their fan base back and try recouping some of the losses from these canceled cards, make those stacked cards. I mean, you can put stuff on your streaming networks if you really Mm -hmm. wanted to. I'm sure that with ESPN Plus, or would they not air fight nights during the week to make up for programming? Absolutely. Oh yeah, I mean they're they're already advertising that they're showing old Monday Night Football Classic games, uh, ML, old MLB games, old NBA games. You know they've been showing WrestleMania on Sunday nights the last couple weeks. I believe they're going to be showing Disney sports films on Saturday nights. They can absolutely fit in old cards on ESPN. Right. So if they want to do new ones, and let's say you want to just restack cards in different areas yeah. of the world, you have the production capabilities to do it. Don't say you don't. Mm-hmm. You can make this happen, and this would be the easiest way to make it up. Because, like I say, it sucks right now. We understand that. With sports shutdown, it's very tough right now. And I understand the show must go on mentality. I get that. I understand they want to try entertaining fans. Sure. Yeah. But for this fight card, it is a tough break, and yeah. it's an understandable one. It's, it's just you're dealing more than just, oh, hey, I don't have my visa. Oh, hey, I tripped on a cord and blew my knee out the week of the fight. 
you're dealing with entities outside of your control with this virus and then with governments yeah. that like at the end of the day, you can talk to them until you're blue in the face. They've got other things to worry about than you putting on a fight card. Exactly. So if you push it back and then really stack it up, it makes the most sense because the fight fans want to see Habib versus Ferguson. Nobody is hurt right now. So right. this fight should happen. And then if you want to restage some other fights, you got Dustin Poirier who said he didn't want to fight Ferguson, but he would step in to keep the card alive. Sure. So fighters would not lose a paycheck. And I fully respect that. Oh, yeah. But you know what? Why don't you put Poirier versus Gaethje if you really want to do something like that? And I know the Usman Masvidal, sure, you could do that down the road. And that's a big money main event. But if you try stacking them both on the same card, imagine the ticket price that you could mm-hmm. do that. Imagine the pay-per-view you could do with that. Huge number. It's just a matter of think long-term instead of short-term. And I get right now, shutting things down is a loss. Sure, I get that. But you also have to think about the factors you can't deal with. Mm-hmm. And until this whole C-19 thing is you know, flattened the curve, it's tough to stage events. And once this has been flattened enough that we can start staging events again, that's the time to recoup. And that's the time that we have the Habib versus Ferguson fight. But let us know what you think. Hit us up on that hashtag. Hashtag ODPH. What is your thoughts on UFC 249? Should the show go on or should it stay canceled? And what is your thoughts about Habib versus Ferguson being canceled for the fifth time, sixth time? I'm losing track, but this fight needs to happen in my opinion. What do you think? Let us know. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Can you imagine a world immune to all forms of cancer? Ladies and gentlemen, the time has come for our fourth annual live stream for the cure. And this year, we need your help more than ever. Please join us May 27th through May 31st for 48 hours of live content from guests and podcasts around the world. We'll be aiming for our most ambitious goal to date as we try to raise $10,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. Please visit www.livestreamforthecure.com for more information on this year's event and how you can be a part of it. Together, we can make a difference. Hey, this is Vince, the Cowman C. Toy, local MMA fighter, telling you to keep on listening to the ODPH, the 607's up and coming newest podcast. Back for another segment on this edition of the ODPH podcast. And if you're a pro wrestling fan, wrestling, this weekend is your Super Bowl. This weekend Kinda. is the biggest weekend of the year. Normally. Normally, obviously. With Feels like there's a on. bit of air let out of the balloon on this one. Yeah, it's tough to really imagine there will be a crowdless WrestleMania. Yeah. The WWE's biggest event of the year. Yep. Usually this is the mecca of pro wrestling. There is events going on the entire week leading up to it. There's always indie feds running. There's crazy shows going on in Mm -hmm. the city. It is always a wonderful time if you ever get the chance to go to it. Yeah. Uh, I've been lucky I've been able to go to one, and that was just absolutely a wild bonkers time. But seeing CM Punk versus The Undertaker made it all worthwhile for me, so I'm happy with that. 
But this weekend is supposed to be taking place down in Tampa. Now, we do know that there has been some restrictions about crowds in Florida. So a lot of these shows have been pre-taped. Yep, especially because uh, last week or either the week before, I forget, uh, the city of Orlando put in a stay-at-home order, which meant non-essential personnel cannot be out, which was good because uh, the WWE taped like a week's worth of program. Yeah. Including WrestleMania. Yeah. So they are all set with their programming for a while. It will be a fun time to watch regardless. And the fact that we're actually getting some wrestling, I will take. I'm not going to be mad about it. The fact that WWE and AEW has been running in front of empty arenas, at least they're still trying to provide some entertainment. So I applaud them for that. But this is going to be the big show of the year for the WWE for now. Mm -hmm. And like we've talked about in previous episodes, I fully predict when the C-19 travel ban is lifted, we will have a big stadium yeah, show guaranteed. to make it up for guaranteed. the fans. So that being said, we do have the matches in place now yep. for the card. It's going to be spread over two nights. And in- Interestingly, I know a lot of fans, myself included the last year or so, have been calling for WrestleMania to be on two nights because, let's be honest, watching a card from like 5 in the afternoon till midnight is a slog. Mm-hmm. It, work the next morning sucks. It's interesting that fans are kind of getting what they want, and they're saying the only WrestleMania too big for one night. Yeah. It's, it's a very interesting choice of words. They're like, okay, in the sense of history, okay, yes, yeah, the only one that's taking place over two nights, but are they also saying, oh, this isn't going to happen again, Just this is a one-time deal? Yeah, it's really interesting that they're trying to really stretch this out and really make this into an event because right now, I mean, the luster is lost. Uh-huh. But the fact we're still getting that and two nights to taking a play out of New Japan Pro Wrestling's Wrestle Kingdom this yeah. year is a really smart move. I, I'm all on board with oh, this. Oh, God, yeah. With the fact we got two nights, and like Pat is talking about, you live on the East Coast, it is not a fun day to wake up on Monday morning and mm-hmm. try to get to work after watching, what, nine hours of wrestling? God, somewhere in there. I mean, usually it's pretty good, but on this kind of stage, eh, not so much. But regardless of that, we still are going to be watching because we are fans nevertheless. Yes. So what we're going to be doing is giving our predictions, the ODPH predictions of the WrestleMania card going down WrestleMania 36. And also this week on the wrestling show on the 3FN Network on 3 Fat Nerds Podcast, Rich and I will be doing our predictions as well. So we're definitely going to get the mix of everybody involved. And I'm encouraging you, the ODPH Society, to tweet your picks in. And maybe we'll post them on the blog for everybody. Coach Duffy, I know, is listening out there. So definitely want to get his picks on that. Coach Duffy wants Charlie Weiss to win everything. Oh, my God. Dude, when the minute this curve, <laughs> the restrictions is lifted, I do not want to have the webcam ready for that. New Raw Tag Team Champions, Charlie Weiss and John Calipari. Oh, my God. Pad wants that smoke. Hashtag Pad wants the smoke. So, Pad, since you got the fire going, why don't you kick us off, light it up? Yeah, so starting with a card from the bottom to top of the uh, listing I see here on CBSSports.com, you have Otis versus Dolph Ziggler. And interestingly enough, I should note, and kudos to Dolph Ziggler on this tweet, uh, he tweeted out yesterday, quote, 15 years in the making, and I am less than one week away from having as many singles matches at WrestleMania as Michael Cole. That is incredible. And I got to appreciate Jerry Lawler's response to him, where he said, don't feel bad. I've been in the business for 49 years and have had the same amount of WrestleMania matches as Michael Cole. Oh, wait. My match was with Michael Cole. Yo. Yo. Not wrong. No. Not. You you can't. Hard hard to believe, though. Been in the business for 15 years, and he's only now just getting a singles match. Well, the thing you have to think about as well, though, is getting on the WrestleMania card is no easy deal. Especially these days. Yeah, especially As big as the roster is. Yeah. So the fact that you actually got on there and it's – really 
a privilege to be on a show, and especially yeah. now that they've been doing the Royal or the Andre the Giant uh, Battle Royal and the May Young. No, not the May Young Classic. I think but it's the, just the Women's Battle Royal. Yeah, the Women's Battle Royal. Uh, the fact that you get that, I mean, that just goes to show they're really trying to get everybody involved, and mm-hmm. and you have to respect that. You can't be mad about that no, at all. No. And that being said, it's like we get to see all these really cool things happening. Yeah. That everybody's involved, everybody's excited, and for Dolph to get on his his WrestleMania moment, so to yeah, speak, yeah. And, and it's a shame too. He's he hasn't had a bigger one because mm-hmm. you figure at this time we definitely would have that. Yeah. But not so much. Him and Otis kicking off if they're going to be the undercard, which I imagine they would be. Yeah. This has been arguably SmackDown's strongest storyline. Yeah. Going, and damn it, Otis is too damn charismatic. Yeah, I would say I don't get an opportunity to watch SmackDown all the much just because I'm usually busy on Friday nights. But whenever I go to their YouTube channel, this WWE YouTube channel, or their Facebook to check out some of the clips... The Otis ones are usually the first ones I go to check out just to see what's been going on with that. Just because it's it's the way I know it's Beauty and the Beast, and I know, you know, there's that whole thing going on with it. But it's just the way they're writing it and presenting it is just captivating. Yeah, it definitely is. The whole Mandy Rose love triangle. It, it, it's it's really some slow burn storytelling. Uh huh. And it's this one's going to be kind of interesting to see how it pans out. Cause yeah, I get I could honestly see it going both ways, but. Safe Money is saying Otis is going to win with Mandy's mm-hmm. help. Yeah. And seeing Mandy paired up with Heavy Machinery, that will be an interesting dynamic, yeah. to say the least. Thoughts on that, Pat? No, I definitely think it's going to be Otis. Like I said, it's the Beauty and the Beast storyline. It's it's the gentleman who's you know not exactly what you a lot of people might consider the ideal male partner. You know, not, you know when you think of, but you look at Mandy Rose, you know, the goddess, the this, the that. You know, I think it's going to go to Otis, and like you said, it's going to be very interesting to see what they do with it in the weeks uh, leading afterwards. Yeah, so definitely a fun one to watch, and that should kick off the show, I would yeah. imagine, one, yeah. one of the nights. What you got up next? Uh, after that, it is, it is Elias versus King Corbin. Okay. Piss break. Now, yeah, I'm sorry. I cannot get into this match. Nope. And the storytelling for this has been Rob Gronkowski, your host for WrestleMania. Which, oh, that's got to that's gotta suck. You you get into WrestleMania, you get to be a little host, and nobody's gonna be there. Yeah, but I'm I'm okay with. It. I'm not like Gronk did not win me over on the first show sure. that he came out, so I'm not exactly too sold on this. And the fact he booked this match after Corbin tried coming and interrupting him, mm-hmm. and the only thing that I know that's been going on with this feud is Corbin threw Elias from the top of the performance center. He stage. D- he did a very much inspired by Lion King moment. Yes, and you can't tell me otherwise. No, it definitely was. And it, I, I, I'm honestly, uh, if this word of this ever gets back to King Corbin, uh, sir, I'm a little disappointed. You missed out on the opportunity to say long live the king. Yes, that's got to be dubbed in somewhere. Because he was, if you go back and watch the tape and like if somebody were, I'm sure somebody superimposed the Lion King footage next to it. Elias is very clearly Mufasa in that situation where he's literally hanging on to the pole that like he, he's holding on to like Mufasa's hanging on to the cliff mm-hmm. and and Corbin goes up to him and just tosses him off. Yeah, it's going to be a really odd match. Like I, I don't like this one just doesn't have a really storyline with me. No. And especially you chucked him from the top of the stage, you Lion Kingdom. Mhm. Like Elias should not be wrestling. Yep. But we'll see what happens. I think it's going to be King Corbin. Uh it should be Corbin. It should be at this stage, which I'm okay with. Like you say, this is going to be my chip break mm-hmm. to go get some food. But yep, uh, like we'll just say Corbin just to say it. Sure. All right. Uh, after that, you have Alistair Black versus Bobby Lashley. So randomly thrown together was this match. Uh-huh. 
There is really no storyline with this one, nope. except we're going to get everybody on the card, which I'm okay with. Not sure. bad. Sure. Uh, this one is uh, Alistair Black all day. Yeah. Head kicking Bobby Lashley out of the building. Yeah. So. We're going to get a real hard black mass to the head. Yeah. He's going to hit him with that black mass sidekick, and it's going to be a wrap. One, two, three. Yep. Next match. <laughs> uh, after that, you have the Women's Tag Team Championship between the Kabuki Warriors and Asuka and Kyrie Sane versus Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Okay, so this one has slowly been developing a storyline. Mm-hmm. Uh, not really a big sizzle reel, but this is slowly started taking off with Alexa Bliss and Cross calling out Asuka and saying, uh, I'm okay with this match. I think yeah. this will be a fun match. Yeah. I do expect we're going to have new champions because I think they're fully setting up for Crazy Asuka to get a, so- a solo run, mm-hmm. which I'm here all day for. Oh, yeah. Nothing against Kari oh, Singh. Yeah. I hear that she was rumored to be leaving at some point, so this would make a lot of sense for her uh, to write them off and get Asuka on a singles run yeah. by, by herself. So yeah. I know that there was talk about adding another team to this mix. I have not heard about that one getting added. No. So we'll just say new champions, Bliss and Cross, and see where we go with that. I would love to see an Iconics appearance, though. That'd be good. As just a team out of left field to that'd, show up. That'd be good. Because they've been very, very quiet lately. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm definitely going with you on this one, though. I think Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross are going to do it. No, through no fault of the Kabuki Warriors. It's just, and I, and I realize, again, no fault through, through the Kabuki Warriors. Their reign has really done nothing to, like, enthrall me with any of their matches. You know, it's been a lot more singles matches, you know, with either one or the other taking place. You know, they really haven't defended the belts all that much. But again, I don't put that on them because if you look at the women's tag teams they have on the roster, this is the best matchup they could have gone with because they're not using the Iconics right now for God knows what reason. You can't use Bailey and Sasha because they're already in another matchup. And I can't think of any other female tag teams on the in the roster. I can't really either. I know that they have not had a great run as tag team champions. A lot had to do with Kari Sane being hurt by Charlotte. Right, right. So... That definitely halts up a team. So their run has been very forgettable. So if they lose, I mean, give the belts to Cross and uh, Bliss and see where they run with. Mm-hmm. And give me an Asuka Soul run. I'm good with that. Yeah. Next up. Uh, after that, and I, this is interesting that this article was posted today and they have this listed. Uh, the SmackDown Tag Team Championship between The Miz and John Morrison versus The New Day versus The Usos in a ladder match. Now, we should note that it was reported by PW Insider uh, on Friday last week. Miz did not participate in the uh, taping of WrestleMania 36 because he was uh, feeling ill. So interesting to see where they go with this one. The only thing I would guess at, and I'm only taking a shot with it, is if they're still going to have the match, they would still have either Morrison having a fill-in partner. Yeah. Or they're going to have Morrison versus one of the Usos. Sure. Versus probably Kofi. Yeah. In the ladder match with yeah. the respective tag team partners yeah. on the outside of the ring. Yeah, and I can see this being a situation like WrestleMania 32, and I can only say this because I just watched it on TV mm-hmm. uh, the other night, where you had, at that point, it was the League of Nations versus uh, New Day. Mm-hmm. wasn't for the title, but I think on like the following Raw or like a week after or something like that, they did get a matchup with them for the belts. Yeah. So I can very easily see this being a case of, Morrison versus one of the Usos versus a Kofi where whoever wins this, if it's not the champions retaining, you know, the champion, you know, Morrison winning the match. If it's say Jimmy Uso, Mm -hmm. Jimmy Uso wins the match. Oh, hey, Usos, you're now the number one contenders for the tag team titles. They could do something like that. I mean, I don't know exactly where the plan is going to be if this is if this report is true by PW Insider. Uh, 
it would really suck if that is the case, but understandable if obviously he's heading home with an illness. I mean, yeah. Miz does not miss a lot of dates no. at all. No. So I would say I would not doubt John Morrison retaining, mm-hmm. or maybe I'm gonna I'm gonna say Miz and Morrison retain somehow. Okay, that'll be my early prediction. All right, uh, I'm gonna go with Usos. Okay, I'm gonna go with Usos. Usos will win the matchup, but when it comes to the actual title match later, uh, Morrison and Miz will retain. Okay, I'm very cool with that. Yeah. Next up. After that, you have the Raw Tag Team Championship matchup between the Street Profits against Austin Theory and Angel Garza. Okay, so a little update of what's going on with this. Mm -hmm. Now, Rey Mysterio has been sent home for... He was quarantined. He was quarantined. Yep. Um, So he was not able to be at Mania for any of the tapings, so... Obviously, they had to switch up the card. Yep. And originally, this was supposed to be... Um, uh, Angel Garza uh, and Andrade. Right. And then last week... Which, last night. Or last night, actually, it was announced that Andrade was injured the week prior mm-hmm. with a rib injury. Like, I think he broke his rib. Yeah. That was the matchup with uh, Cedric Alexander and Ricochet, and everybody got hurt in that one. That yeah. was it. That one was just... Uh, we talk about cursed matches with Habib and Ferguson. That was a cursed match. Yeah. I know that was hearing reports that a lot of people got hurt in that one. Yeah. So what they're doing is they're subbing in Austin Theory to team up with Garza. Now, Austin if, Theory from NXT. Yes, NXT Evolve. This kid is going to be the next big thing for the company in some years. He has all the intangibles, mm-hmm. and Paul Heyman apparently is very big on him. Sure. And the WWE has to be very big on him if they're putting him on Mania yeah. out the gate yeah. of everybody you have in I'll NXT. say, because especially as much as Paul might be a big on the guy and really like the guy, at the end of the day, Vince makes the calls on these matches. Yeah. Vince is the one who has final say-so. So it's not just Paul likes the guy. Vince likes the guy. Yeah, and if you've been watching NXT lately, he's had kind of like a semi little thing going on with Ciampa. Right. So you're you're seeing the evolution, no pun intended, of a future superstar. Mm-hmm. Now that being said, they did have their little uh, three or six man tag match last night with Rollins, and they took on the Street Profits and Owens. This should be a fun match. Yeah. Uh, definitely a lot of talented guys in the ring, and I will say this: Street Profits will retain. Oh yeah. But this will definitely be a great match. I will say, if you're looking for a match that has an NXT feel to it, this is going to be it. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, with I mean, absolutely with the history of all four of these guys in NXT, it's definitely got that vibe to it. So mm-hmm. I would expect some big spots happening. Yeah, and don't blink on this match because you yeah. see, oh, the, yeah. I see theory actually theory and Garza. I hope they keep them as a team after this. Sure. Why not? I'm sorry. I'm big on Anil Garza. No, yeah. I, I definitely see Street Profits retaining on this one. Just team thrown together last minute. But this isn't going to be a squash match. This isn't going to be, you know, a quick, you know, five-minute match. No, this is going to be a fairly, I imagine this is going to be a fairly decently long match. And, and Austin Theory and Anil Garza are going to come out looking like, you know, a thousand bucks. Mm, definitely. So this will be, like I said, it could be a sleeper match of the night. So stay tuned for that. Could but be. I think we're going to say and still. Mm-hmm. Next up. After that, you have the Intercontinental Championship between Sami Zayn, who is defending his belt against Daniel Bryan. How weird, but how cool is it to say your Intercontinental Champion, Sami Zayn? Uh, All I have to say to that is don't get hurt. Oh, man. I know with all the bad luck he's had since he's been called up to the main roster, 
to see Zayn get a little title run has been great. Yeah. This storyline has not been the worst on SmackDown. No, no. I do love it that they're pairing Daniel Bryan with Drew Gulak. Oh, my God. As Having met Drew Gulak in person, I love it as well. Yeah, this has been, like, perfect booking. Uh-huh. To see those two suddenly team up and well, and especially as if as what was it? Daniel Bryan was on the Bella's podcast within the last week, and he essentially said that this last contract is going to be his last one that he's going to be stepping away. He's going to go out making everybody look like a million bucks. Yeah, and that's the right thing to do. And obviously, he's he's earned that time to do. Yeah. And, and I mean, Bryan, I could see winning this match. Yeah, but I also hope he doesn't. No, and because I would love to see a Zayn versus Gulak feud. Oh, Zayn versus Gulak would be amazing. I also want to see Sammy retain just because he's been with the company for like five plus years or whatever it is by now. Yeah, and he's been on the main roster for I don't remember how long. Only now is he getting a you know title run. I don't want to see him get the you know Zack Ryder treatment where he won the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania. And dropped it 24 hours later. Yeah. I, I don't want to see Sami Zayn win the belt and then a week or two later, oh, hey, he already lost it. That's the tough angle you got to walk with this one because with Zayn's injury history, yeah. that it's tough to give a, somebody like that a belt. I mean, you looked back with like Daniel Bryan and just mm-hmm. you know, how injury prone he, he has been. I mean, obviously, he's been on a great run since he's been back this time around. And even so, with like, uh, you know, you can go down the list of people that, sure. that have just been injured. Sure. I would love to see Zayn get a little title run with this. If not, if you're going to give it to Brian, I, it's going to be a transitional move. Right. And to see where Brian goes with this. But I, like I said, I would love to see it that Zayn retains and sets up the feud with Gulak mm-hmm. and let those two guys go. Because that could be a very good feud that is it doesn't need a lot to you know make happen. But with Zayn in his role, and, and I never thought he'd be this over as a heel. Right. But he is there. Oh, yeah. May, make it happen, and then give me Nakamura versus Bryant in a really long feud. Oh, my God. Yes, please. I'm waiting on that yes, one. Yes, please. So let's say Zayn retains, and we'll go with that. Can we make it a triple threat? Zayn, or not Zayn, uh, Daniel Bryan versus Nakamura versus AJ? Oh, we can't have nice things like I that. I know. We can dream. I know. Maybe, maybe down the road. Who knows? Yeah. Next up. After that, you have Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins. The Monday Night Messiah. Yeah whose church is very, very in shambles right now because everybody's hurt. Yep. So this one, I will tell you this. It's been a fun feud to watch, and you're really seeing Kevin Owens evolve. Mm -hmm. And I love the promo he cut on Monday Night Raw this past week where he was like, yeah, you're right. Everything I've won here, I've had help. But Seth, so have you. And was breaking down, and it's not wrong. It's not wrong in any 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 way because now they have Owens as the modern day Austin, mm-hmm. which is kind of a different feel and different vibe. If but I read the interview right, was the first person to actually ask Austin if he could use a stunner. Yeah, which is smart. Yeah, but but Owens is that kind of guy, and he's an awesome person to meet. In, and if you ever get the chance to meet him in person, he's very much you know without them having forced it onto him, he's already kind of the Austin character. Yeah. And it's just been very organic to see how he's done this. Meanwhile, you have Seth Rollins, who is, let's face it, is way better as a heel than he is a face. Just needs that laugh. Yep, he just needs the needs laugh. Needs the laugh to come back. Yeah. You don't know what we're talking about? YouTube it. Yes, he needs the laugh. But the Monday Night Messiah role has been great. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they fill some of those missing holes, as you mentioned. Yeah, with AOP being injured or yeah, the, off the, TV. One, well, the one of them has got a torn uh, pectoral muscle. Yeah, and then I'm not sure what's going on with Murphy. I think he's banged up too. So could be. This one could, will just be a good match. I do like 
Owens in this one. Mm-hmm. I think he's long overdue for the win. Yeah. He's been on fire lately, so I would love to see him pull off the win here. Uh, but if they give it to Seth, I wouldn't be as upset. But I have a feeling Owens wins because of, well, I'm just going to go with Owens. Let's just say that. I, th- I think it's going to be Owens, too, and I think they're playing long game on this just because I think Owens is going to win. I can see it being, you know, at the last minute turned into like a no disqualifications match for reasons. Mm-hmm. And then maybe somebody from, you know, like the Viking Raiders, because Viking Raiders are mysteriously absent from this entire card. I can see the Viking Raiders possibly showing up and maybe running some interference and causing some shenanigans to happen and helping Owens get the win. And uh, Seth Rollins being the dirty heel he is, not letting that go and continuing the feud maybe till SummerSlam or so. Yeah, it just really depends on where they want to go at the top of the card because we're, when we get to the main event mm-hmm. of Raw, I will kind of address this a little more. Okay. All right, so next up. After that is The Undertaker versus AJ Styles in a Boneyard match. Okay, what the hell is a Boneyard match? I have no idea. The only thing I could think of is this was supposed to be like a Buried Alive match. Could be. Maybe there are going to be a lot of fake bones around the ring. Like That's the only thing I could think of. That would be real weird. But with The Undertaker, he is the most attached name to WrestleMania, this side of Shawn Michaels. Yeah. The streak has been something of epic proportion. It's lost a little luster. It's lost some luster since he did take that L to Brock Lesnar, but if you're going to lose to somebody, it makes sense, I guess. You can go back and forth about this all day. Mm -hmm. But for him to have the dream match against AJ Styles, this has been something wrestling fans have been wanting to see forever. Yeah. This is going to be a great match. The buildup has been... Interesting. Interesting to say the least. Although, again, much like we said with the previous matchup, not through any fault of their own, just circumstances. This matchup and this buildup would have been amazing in front of a live audience. But circumstances, what they are, that's not the case. Right. And especially now that they're tying in Michelle McCool to yeah. the angle. Which I don't think there... I think there's a lot of people who didn't know that that was his wife. Right. And they didn't... And especially him justifying the... Uh, Styles clash mm-hmm. and using that as like the jealousy angle. Like there's been so many elements that they've. I'm not saying they've broken the fourth wall, but they. Yeah, I think they're deliberately doing so in in, in fun ways because you look at last night where Undertaker opened Raw and he goes AJ Styles or should I say? And then he used his actual first name and yeah. I was like, ooh, okay. Yeah, we're well because AJ has been calling him Mark Calloway, which yeah, you don't. Again, a lot of people don't know that's his name. Yeah, which is just we're going places in this angle that. I am loving as a fan, and, yeah. and I think that the writing of the top echelon feuds on Raw lately mm-hmm. have been money, yeah, absolutely big money. This has been just another example. AJ has been and arguably his best program since he's been in the WWE, mm-hmm. Argu- arguably. Yeah. I don't think he's ever sound as good as a heel with his promo work, and the taker has been – Teasing the American badass for this one. Mm-hmm. And, rolling, rolling, rolling. Oh my God, I'm waiting to hear. Rolling, rolling, rolling. I never can we bring I'd... back Limp, Limp Biscuit for it? I don't think they're doing much these 2020 days. 2020 is the weirdest year, man. Anything I'm, can happen. I was going to say that. Maybe that can be the weird thing for April. Like everything, up, there's been a weird thing for each month this year. Maybe that could be the weird thing. Limp Biscuit comes back. Oh my God. If you see Fred Durst take instead, <laughs> instead of Druids, it's, it's going to be Limp Biscuit. Take him to the ring. What if, no, what if it's Druids, but they pull the hoods back and it is Fred Durst? Oh. If only. Oh, that'd be so good. How are they going to do Druids in an empty stadium, though? That's what I want to figure out. I don't know. CGI it. Yeah, it could be. It needs to happen. The Undertaker needs Druids for WrestleMania. Hologram. Yes. Oh, can you? Oh. Either way, with the Boneyard match, 
I I don't I have no idea what the stipulations are for this. Yeah, no, they haven't said. No, I'm, I'm assuming this is going to be like a bury alive type yeah. deal. Yeah. But yeah, uh, Taker Mania, almost a near guarantee. Eh, it's almost even money right there. Uh, this will definitely be a great match. Oh yeah, I'm going to go with the Undertaker though. Yeah, no, I am too. Nothing against AJ, but I just think this is Undertaker's match to lose. Right, but definitely this will be one of the matches you talk about on the recap shows. Yeah, all weekend. Like oh the, yeah, this will this will be a huge one to see. Mm-hmm. Next up, after that you have the SmackDown Women's Championship with Bailey defending her belt against Lacey Evans, Tamina, Naomi, and Sasha Banks. All right, now Dana Brooke was supposed to be in this match, but yep. she is also quarantined, such as Rey Mysterio. Yep. Okay, that is what we've been hearing. And how this match got booked, uh, I I will be honest, I'm a little let down. It's a letdown. Mm-hmm. And it really didn't make a ton of sense no you know you got page saying oh i'm gonna be on smackdown to make a major announcement you know wrestlemania announcement it involves bailey and that led to everyone and their family going oh my god she's coming back well you would think with edge coming back that now people are looking that have neck injuries of seeing how he's doing it and can they do it yeah and with page obviously the unfortunate situation with her and her neck I'm sure that she's probably looking at ways that she could come back too, and if she could ever pull it off like Edge, more power mm-hmm. to her. Yeah. But when this got announced, yeah, everybody was teasing. I was like, wait, no way is Paige coming back? Like that mm-hmm. was the, the immediate spark. Yeah. And then obviously with travel restrictions, she couldn't make it to the show, so yep. she had the weird video Skype in, Skype in, and Bailey and Sasha were in the ring, and then suddenly Paige is allowed to make matches. Yep. And she's just kind well, of. She is a former SmackDown uh, commissioner, which is a very underrated commissioner too. She uh-huh. was great in that role. Yeah, like I'd love to see her come back as that. But she just starts throwing random names yeah. at Bailey. Yeah, like Lacey Evans. Yeah, I can understand. Just kind of had a few. Sure. Tamina, I honestly forgot was on the roster. Yeah. And then Naomi just came back, so that makes yep. sense. And then yep. Dana, which was like, all right, well, sure, go. And then Sasha, which is now teasing what a lot of fans have been waiting to see. Yep. Now, I honestly thought that this was going to be Beth Phoenix coming in there like she was going to really stretch the gamut. Mm-hmm. We're not seeing that, but this is going to be kind of a unique match, to say the least. Mm-hmm. No real story or buildup for this other than Paige just made it. And, I mean, everybody is waiting to see Bailey versus Sasha and who turns on who. Yep. Had your thoughts on this? Uh, I have no idea where this is going to go. It's going to be a good match, but you know, you look at when this match was announced and when Paige said Sasha's name, the, the little look she gave Bailey. Mm-hmm. You know, she's turning face. You know, I would imagine how I don't know. I'm you know I'm not a writer, but I would imagine Bailey retains this in some fashion. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Naomi wins. Oh, all right. I'm going to say we see a surprise that we don't see coming. Whether it's Sasha turning on Bailey mm. and inadvertently hitting her with a move, but then Naomi hits Sasha, knock her I, out of the ring. Yeah, I could see it being a case of like, you know, they're kind of united against the other three, uh, two women, uh, three women, whatever it is. And just like, oh, she's helping her and they're really, you know, defending, watching each other's backs for a while. And then when they get to that moment where Bailey's standing off to one of the sides, like overseeing the carnage, as it were. And you got Sasha standing behind her, and that's when you see her hit the bank statement. Yeah. It'll be something odd like that. But like I said, I'm going to go on a limb and say we have Naomi come away with the belt. What if it's Tamina? Uh, Tamina would be great, too. Yeah. But just the only thing is, 
you never see her have a real run. That's true. And I, I think she has a lot of injury issues too, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, she's had a few. So it's it, it's tough to, to give a belt to her, but even though if she pulled off the win, I wouldn't I wouldn't be mad about it. I'm just, no. But I'm looking at the roster and thinking, okay, who is long overdue? Naomi, I think, has definitely been on a roll since she's come back, mm-hmm. and I would not mind seeing her do that. And like I said, I think that you're going to see Sasha cost Bailey inadvertently, and that's going to start teasing their big showdown whenever that's going to happen. Right. Because the only thing now is Bailey is so over as a heel, and she's put in her best work since she's been yeah. on the WWE, in my opinion, mm-hmm. that it's tough to flip her back to be in a face because I just wouldn't go over, and I think the hugger gimmick is awful, and I'm glad to see it gone. Mm-hmm. But Sasha works well better as a heel, too. She is like Seth yeah. Rollins. Yeah. She's a natural heel. She's not a natural face. No. So that being said, I think that that's how that match is going to end. Very well could be. That's half of the WrestleMania card. We're going to take a quick break and come back and talk about the other half of the two nights of WrestleMania. You are listening to the ODPH Podcast. Being a nerd as an adult can be difficult. Life gets a little busy to constantly be staying up to date with nerd culture. Let's see. There's work. Life. Bills. Stress. Relationships. Kids. So you wish you could just turn something on during your hectic life that would keep you up to date at the push of a button. Look no farther than the 30 and Nerdy Podcast. I'm Josh. And I'm Tyler. Here on the 30 and Nerdy Podcast, we enlighten, educate, and entertain with all things nerd. We discuss, debate, and break it down on what's going on in nerd culture from the past, present, and future. And you know the cool part? We're 30. So we bring it to you in a less hectic way and easily accessible through your favorite podcast platform. But no worries, you don't have to be 30 to enjoy the show. So relax and keep up to date with us as we bring you nerd news you need to know, but don't have time to go searching for it. So come nerd out with us as a 30 and Nerdy podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you cast your pod. Cheers to you, nerds. Hey, this is Johnny Moose from Excite Wrestling, and you're listening to the ODPH. I didn't mess it up. I thought I would. Right now, back to the guys. Coming back for the second part of our WrestleMania preview on the ODPH podcast. Now we're going to jump right back into the card breakdown, and we're talking some NXT women's title match, Pat? Yeah, you've got NXT women's championship for the first time will be defended on WrestleMania. You have the champion Rhea Ripley defending against Charlotte Flair. How cool is that? It's so cool to see the NXT championship be defended on the main card, the big card, because how many years have we said... NXT had the better card when it when they've multiple had multiple times, you know, when you got an NXT card the night before a WWE card, you know, it feels like almost every time we sit there going, yep, that's going to be better than the main card going to be better than the main card. And you still have people to this day that poo poo like, oh, NXT is not the main roster. You're finally going to get to see it. Super excited to see this. Obviously, the Charlotte Fair winning the Women's Royal Rumble. We are all kind of wondering, OK, what's going to happen? Because obviously you win the Women's Royal Rumble or the Men's Royal Rumble. You get a title shot. At Mania. And they don't specify. And they don't specify. They let you go in between brands. And when she won, I will admit, when Charlotte Flair was announced as the winner, I was not happy because I thought there was no way they'd let her go to NXT originally. But then I put it out in a tweet, and then lo and behold, what happens? Because if she went to Raw, she'd fight Becky Lynch. Again. Again. Nobody wants to see that. No real storyline with her and Bailey right. to go there, so right. it didn't make a lot of sense. Other so, other than her saying, you rode my coattails. Right. But I did throw it out on the 3FN show about what if it's against Rhea Ripley. 
And I know yeah. I know it's kind of like when we put that tweet out to it right after the show, a lot of people are like, would they actually do it? Lo and behold, yep. put the karma out in the world, and it happens. Charlotte Flair is going to be facing Rhea Ripley, which Ripley has been on fire yeah. on NXT. Yeah. Obviously, beating Shayna Baszler is no easy task to get over there. But Ripley has been the buzzsaw right now, and it has been impressive to see that storyline get built. Flair, Charlotte's been on the show a few times for NXT, taking on Bianca Belair or Bianca Belair, mm-hmm. and um, just going from there. Like I'm trying to think if there was somebody else I thought she fought, but I'm blanking on that right now. Either way, this is going to be a great match. Oh God, yeah, super excited about yeah. this. One. Pat, who you got? Uh, you know, just for see, just because it's something I don't think we'd ever see. I'm going to say Charlotte. I, you know, just to, you know, it's going to be real interesting to see what they do because, you know, NXT is very good with our, without Charlotte Flair. NXT does not need Charlotte Flair by any by any stretch or, or imagination. But it'll be just to see what they would do with it. It will be very interesting. Boy, I tell you what, I honestly don't know. Because let's be honest, she's on what, Raw right now, if I'm not mistaken? Yep. You know, okay, she loses. Okay, she goes back to Raw. You're just going to recycle matches with her again? You put her on NXT. There's some interesting matches she could have down there. There's some very interesting matches. I think yeah. I think if she wanted to make the move back down to NXT, which, I mean, it should be considered a I'll move say, down. It's, not a, it's move. a lateral move. Yeah. Down. So if she wanted to go there, I think it would be very interesting to see. Uh, be take a little while to getting used to, but it yeah. throws a different dynamic yeah. into that stacked women's division, which they arguably have the best one in all professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. I, I think you can put it toe-to-toe with anybody, and they're beating them. Maybe Impact gives them a good run. Yeah. A- AEW does not, unfortunately. No. AEW is uh, – listen to the 3FN wrestling show, and you'll understand the, our gripes about that one. Uh, but for this match, boy, I don't know. L- the thought of Charlotte going to NXT is really good, but I really love the idea of Ripley getting the big win, mm-hmm. beating Charlotte, which not that she needs any you know, cement – uh, placement of where she ranks with the WWE and NXT. Mm-hmm. But if you can say you beat Charlotte Flair at Mania, that's yeah. a huge Not deal. Not just Charlotte, if you beat a Flair yeah. at Mania. Well, especially because last year with how they main-evented uh, WrestleMania with Becky and Charlotte and Ronda Rousey. Right. Charlotte has not won in Mania in, in a little bit. Mm-hmm. So that being said, it's uh, you would you would want to say Charlotte wins, but I'm going to hold out hope and say Ripley wins. All right. So we'll see if I'm right or wrong about that one. Next up. After that, you have the Raw Women's Championship between the champion Becky Lynch defending against Shayna Baszler. Man, this one I have been waiting to see for a while. Becky Lynch has cooled off, in my opinion. Uh Uh-huh. Man. Uh Uh-huh. She went from being the stone-cold fight against authority to the Conor McGregor, I got money, Mm you know, I... Respect me. Yeah, respect me type character, which I just, I don't... I don't know. At this stage, it's like the the character has cooled off enough mm-hmm. that I'm just not buying it. And I'm sorry, this whole big rig yeah. tractor trailer nonsense. Stop. Yeah. Stop. You're not making. You're not winning me over with this one. Meanwhile, you have Shayna Baszler, who has been absolutely killing it mm-hmm. in NXT. Freaking killing. So you want it. to talk about buzzsaws? Yeah, she has just mowed through everybody, putting putting everybody like her run is vastly underrated in my opinion. Like, if you're not a fan of her work. I really am questioning why. Mm-hmm. I really have to. She's been cutting solid promos. She has been going in there putting on great matches. 
I mean, sure, some people complain about her selling, but I, I don't have an issue with it. Right. I mean, God, Shotzi Blackheart knocked her out of the Battle Royal mm-hmm. way back when, set yeah. up a good little match there, too. Yeah. And she had no issue putting people over, too. So it, she's doing the right things by the business. And we've been all saying if Ronda is not coming back, Baszler going up to fight Becky has been great. Oh, God, yeah. So this one, I think we have a new women's champion. I'm going to be super excited to see Baszler choke out Becky and get the belt because Baszler, I think, is ready for it. Pad, your thoughts? I think it's absolutely going to be Baszler. You know, nothing against Becky Lynch, but the, like you said, the character has cooled off for me. You know, I I popped for the just deal with it sunglasses because uh, I grew up when that came out, and that was amazing. You know, but like you said, the big rig thing should be cool, and I should be saying, oh, that's awesome. She's got a big rig with her face on it and flames, and look at how badass that is, and I just don't care. You know, it's not, you know, they might be trying to recapture some of the Stone Cold stuff from back in the day, you know, with the beer truck and the Zamboni and just, oh, look at her driving this big rig, but, like, it's not connecting. It's not hitting. I think a portion of the crowd has cooled off on her, myself included. And I think it's just time to see something else. I agree. And I think the Baszler would be a nice addition to the Raw uh, women's roster and definitely set up a lot of great matchups on that and give me a program with her and Crazy Asuka. Mm-hmm. Give me a program. I don't need one match in the Elimination Chamber. I need a program. Give me Crazy Asuka on commentary more, please. Oh, so good. So, so good. Her with Lawler translating was hilarious. Oh, my God. Like, that was just all win right there. Uh-huh. And talking about making a bad situation into a good one. You're seeing the talent that has been on both shows. Yeah, really step it up, even yep. though it's in front of an empty arena, and just really seems like they're ha- they're having fun. Oh yeah, which I mean, during this whole C19 era, it's really cool to see they're actually really trying to have some fun and mm-hmm. really give something for everybody at home to really watch and get behind. So that being said, Baszler all day. Next match. After that, you have John Cena versus The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, and a Firefly Funhouse match. Now, what that exactly entails, I have no idea. I don't know, and I don't care. It's going to be weird. This is going to get weird. I'll say, I'm, I'm, I'm having flashbacks to... What was it? WrestleMania 33 mm-hmm. in Florida, where it was him and Randy Orton, and they were like they cut to the random over the over looking down shot, and there'd be bugs or worms or something in the ring. Yeah, it's gonna get weird. Yeah. I I expect a lot of fourth wall breaking. I think that what if, what if uh, the rabbit gets the pin? Oh my god, that'd be so good. Like it's like so could we see the puppets get involved and, and get like maybe the puppet of Vince McMahon get the pin? Well, anything they want to do, I'm all for with this because if they let Bray get really creative with this. Which they should. And he's one of the most beautiful minds in wrestling, if I can use that term. Oh, yeah. He's like just next level thinking is just something to truly admire. And just where he's gone with his character. And if you go through the back catalog of the Bray Wyatt character, he's been teasing the Fiend now. Then you almost have to go through the fiend run now to see where he's going to go next, mm-hmm. and it's just crazy to see on how much just deep layer multi planning he's been doing with this character. Mm-hmm. And Cena is somebody that can definitely appreciate it. Oh yeah, and Cena will be more than happy to put him over in his own crazy match. Oh yeah, that John at this stage they don't care. He don't need titles. He doesn't need titles. He's already a Hall of Famer. He's a budding action star yeah he's going to be in the next fast nine movie he's going to be in suicide squad he's got a lot of stuff going on He has essentially turned into the rock 2.0 yeah so this is just him giving back to wrestling fans with this one and obviously with bray wyatt losing to goldberg egregiously and losing the belt yep this is going to be a great match for him to bounce back uh bray has to win this one in my opinion yeah if, if he loses yeah uh, like just i say i don't remember every bray wyatt 
match at WrestleMania, but just Rome, he's just kind of thinking off the top of my head, it's a losing record. Yeah, he, he never gets a big win in Mania, which he's always been in moments in Mania, yeah, yeah. but he's yeah. never gotten the win. He's long overdue. This is going to be their version of the Hardy compound, whatever the Firefly Flown House is going to be. Yeah, that could be. Maybe there's going to be drones. Maybe we'll see Jeff Hardy come out of some lake, you know, as the original, you know, Hardy boy with well, the junko dilap- jeans. dilapidated boat? I, I don't know what the hell they're going to pull out with this one. They're going to just let Bray run crazy. And I from what I've been hearing, the Cena has told him to go nuts. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, which pff, make it happen. Bray all yeah. day. Pad? Uh, yeah, Bray all day. Like you said, Cena doesn't need it. There's no reason for Cena to win this. It's just a chance to give Bray a shine. Yeah. Just, make, no, just no red light, please. Uh, no no red light. Red light sucks. It's, uh-huh. it's awful. Yep. Uh uh, take that away, and I'll be good. Yeah. All right, next up. After that, you have Edge versus Randy Orton in a last man standing match. Well, the most emotional mm-hmm. moment of pro wrestling fans of 2020 had to be Edge coming back at the Royal Rumble. Uh, Yeah. Few dry eyes in that house. Yeah. Seeing him come back out. Yep. Because for him to have his career shortened up and a, you know, a legendary career in his own right to have it shortened up from a neck injury that everybody thought he was done done. Oh, yeah. To see him come back in the ring was absolutely freakish. And Just then, the the emotion on his face when his music hit and the fireworks went off. Oh, my God, yeah. Like, if you've been a fan, you understand that moment. If you haven't, go on the WWE Network and rewatch it, and you'll, you'll get an idea of what we're talking about. Just if you've not been following Edge for years because – his, I mean, just the matches and feuds he's been over the years, and obviously his history with Randy Orton. Oh, yeah. Legendary. Yeah. And for Orton to do the true heel turn on him and, and do the storyline of I'm trying to protect you because I love you. And, yeah. I mean, this has been – this is WWE's best storyline, bar, uh-huh. bar none. Uh-huh. There's been some great ones they've been doing. The Otis one is great on SmackDown. It's their best one. But overall, yeah. talking NXT, 205, Raw, SmackDown, this is the best storyline. Right. Where you've had Orton just go through, you know, trying to do what he can to protect Edge, even RKO Beth Phoenix, yeah, his wife. I mean, it's been wild to see the promo work has been spot on. Mm-hmm. This is gonna be a last man standing match. Pad, what do you think? I think it's gonna be Edge. It's gonna be a great match. I think you might even see Beth Phoenix come out and get her comeuppance with Randy Orton. You know, I think it's gonna be an amazing match. I think it could be their best match of the night, just from in terms of storytelling. And just what they're going to do in the ring. I can see Edge winning this on an RKO. You know, just something really wild and out of left field. This is going to be true pro wrestling storytelling at its best. We often talk about the greatest WrestleMania match of all time is Sting and or, uh, Steamboat and Savage. Mm-hmm. Almost said Sting and Flair, but that was a different time. Uh, we talk about Undertaker, Shawn Michaels won, and how great that match is. Yeah. I have a feeling this could be on that level. It could be. Because the one thing with Edge coming back is he needed to work with somebody that is going to make sure he's protected and he's not going to re-injure himself where he could do extensional damage. Orton is that guy. Mm-hmm. Say what you will about Randy, but Randy will make sure that... They're, they're legit friends. Yeah. He'll make sure he'll take extra care. To be put in a match with Orton, it had to be the easiest thing for Edge to say yes to because he knows Randy will make sure he's protected. They, that being said, they're still going to have a freaking hell of a match. Oh, yeah. This one is going to be absolutely bananas. I do sense Edge is going to get the win. but the, there's... This is one I'm bummed will be in front of an empty arena. The, yeah. This is one that we talked about with like Habib and, and Tony Ferguson. That needs to, that fight needs to be in front of a crowd. This one as well, just for the sheer fact that it's been, you know, as many years as it's been since Edge's last 
uh, wrestling match, mm-hmm. not counting the Royal Rumble because that's a whole other you know ball of wax. Yeah. But just since it's been so many years since Edge's last match, that needed to be in front of a crowd. But I understand why it's not. Yeah, fully understand. And like I say, when they do the WrestleMania Rewind later this year, don't doubt that this gets booked as an I quit match. Yeah, that could be. They'll do something nutty. They'll they'll run it back, and they'll do some wild-ass stuff in this one. And I can't wait to see what they do to the Performance Center. They might shut yeah. it down. So yeah. who knows? But Edge all day on this one. Yep. Next up. After that, you have the Universal Championship matchup between Goldberg defending against... Someone. Uh, originally, it was supposed to be Roman Reigns, uh, but it was reported last late last week that he had pulled out of his Universal Championship match prior to the tapings of WrestleMania 36. Uh, he has since gone on to confirm his absence in a recent Instagram post. Uh, he, the reason he pulled out, of course, uh, for those who don't know, is it was reported that The Miz showed up to the taping sick. And that it infuriated and got a lot of a few of the uh, wrestlers angry, including the Usos, mm. who are very close with Roman Reigns, including if, uh, cousins as well. Uh, and Roman was not happy about that because, of course, he, uh, having battled leukemia twice, he is compromised with his immune system. And given that he has a wife and a kid, he did not want to do any harm to him or his family. So he left before they could even tape anything. There are rumors floating out. Uh, that it will be Braun Strowman to replace Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. That obviously has not come to fruition and has not been confirmed by WWE. So for the time being, we're going to go with Goldberg versus somebody. All right. So this all being said, I was not exactly excited to see Goldberg come back at this stage and this yeah. age. Yeah. And especially the last match he had was against The Undertaker in Saudi Arabia. Yeah. How bad was that match? They, well, no, his last match was against uh, Bray Wyatt. Okay, see, I even blocked that out because... And again, that was in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, he has not really... I'm noticing a common denominator. Yeah, he hasn't demonstrated that he can really carry a match because even when he was against Brock Lesnar, I mean, he beat Brock in a minute to get the belt the first time. And yeah. Then, and then doing that whole nonsense. Well, I mean, that that was storytelling. and that was, Yeah, which... I get that. Which I get, but the what I'm which mean, just, I mean, I granted, I'm basing my opinion off a video I watched of Paul Heyman talking about, it, and Paul sold me on his whole thing with that match. Paul could tell you about anything. Yeah, There's one thing that man can do is yeah. talk. Yeah, yeah. But for this, I just harp back to the Goldberg Undertaker match, and how he struggled. That was one of the worst matches I think I've ever seen in my life. Mm. And if it is really going to be Braun Strowman as the contender, mm-hmm. how? Bad is Goldberg going to struggle to pick him up for a jackhammer? Uh, I, I don't know. It, it like I realize in a lot of instances it might be a case of where like the wrestler might do a little bit of a, a leap or a jump to help him. Braun can't do that subtly. Yeah, and that's not through any fault of him. He's just a very large individual. He's just that massive. He's that tall. Yeah. So I don't think this is going to be a good match at all if it's Braun. I don't. Th- but the, even whoever you put in, I mean, who else could you substitute in there? Right. That makes a lot of sense at this stage. I mean, sure, you you could try having Cena do some double duty. You could try doing mm. some kind of crazy. Yeah. Bring somebody back we're not even thinking of. Yeah. Braun makes sense on that degree because he'll take a spear and he'll he'll sell it and he'll do the job. Yeah. yeah. Because I think ultimately this is supposed to be Roman Reigns getting no, the belt. No, this was ultimately supposed to be Roman Reigns getting the belt because if you look at, you know, from the last time he held the belt, which was when he dropped, a, held a championship belt, 
you know, that was when he dropped it, the Universal Championship belt because he had to give it up for his fight with leukemia. Mm. To my recollection, he hasn't held a belt since then. Right. And uh, he hasn't, I don't even think he's been in a belt contention. Now, granted, there was like seven months where he was in that feud with Baron Corbin. Right. So he's there long term. You know, but he hasn't held the belt. So it was kind of like, all right, we realize fans don't want to see Roman win the belt. Let's get it away from that and kind of, well, let's let you forget about that. Right. So, I, yeah, that being said, it would be something if they actually did put the belt on Braun. Yeah. Which would just set up for whenever Reigns comes back yeah. to fight him. And, I mean, that could be a great feud yeah. again. Yeah. I mean, do we not forget the ambulance tip of doom? Yeah. So. Braun I mean, Strowman versus Roman Reigns in an ambulance match. Oh, God. Just imagine. That'd be good. Iron Man match. Ooh. How much would you would you lose your stuff if it turned out to be John Moxley? Oh my God! That uh, he did crash backstage this week. I, I saw that. I know. I'm just saying how how quickly would Vince have edited that tape that just goes fade to black? What if what if done. what if it's Goldberg versus three MB or two uh, MB at this point? Hey, Ginger's not on the card yet. Ginger's not doing anything. Uh, uh, he Slater. He Slater's not doing anything. I mean, Drew's a little busy, but yeah, I mean, anything is possible. He can pull double duty. I uh, Drew Drew definitely could. I mean, unify the belts and just have one champion. Yeah, anything is really possible with this. Um. But I will say well, I'm going to go with Braun being the contender, and I think they'll have Goldberg retain. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to like this match at all. No, I'm, I think it's going to be Goldberg retaining. I think it's going to be Braun as well. And I think the match is going to be absurdly short and absurdly dumb, and it's going to further bury Braun, and it's going to make me a little angry, you know, just because I think you buried Braun enough. Good Lord, let him flourish. Yeah, he's but he's not he's not winning over fans on wrestling Twitter. Yeah. Dude. You haven't seen that. I'll, I'll show you after the show. Yeah, but I, I think it's going to be Goldberg retaining, and then you know his matchup with Roman's just going to get pushed back to SummerSlam. Can we just hope Matt Riddle shows up, bro? Oh, if only, please. If if we get one good thing out of WrestleMania, let it be Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle versus Goldberg. Bro. Let's make it happen. And now let's get to the main event of main events. Uh-huh. I believe. Yep, you've got the WWE Championship match with Brock Lesnar defending against the winner of the uh, uh, Royal Rumble in Drew McIntyre. Great storytelling they've been setting up. Mm-hmm. Drew has never looked better in his, oh, yeah. in his run. The one fault, and as I said it before, say it again, counting down for the Claymore kick. Do yeah. not like it. Well, he's I, I understand that, He's got to do something. I realize he's a face, but... Counting down for the Claymore kick, I just don't enjoy it. I wish you would do it like Shawn Michaels did for Sweet Chin Music and then yeah, do it. Like, yeah. that, like, like that would work. But obviously you want to get the crowd involved. Or even, or even do something like when Sheamus gets ready to do the bro kick and he goes, ah, and he pounds his chest. Do something like that. I'm okay with that. But sitting here going, three, two, one. Yeah. Okay. I, but, you know, it's it's also to win the younger crowd over and give them something yeah. a chance. So yeah. I, I get it. I'm not mad about it. But since Drew has come back. You want to talk about a great redemption story and seeing where he started to, you know, leaving the WWE, mm. working his ass off on the indies, coming back, kicking ass in yeah. NXT. Yeah. Then kind of a little paused a little bit. So and, he got injured, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he got injured in Raw. I mean, injuries happen, but that cools momentum, and then it's tough to get that ship going again. But since Heyman has taken over Raw, mm-hmm. Drew has been booked to look like a million bucks, and oh, he's yeah. definitely worth the title shot. This is going to be a great match. That being said, because it's not in front of a live crowd, mm-hmm. I'm saying Brock retains. Yeah. I'm going on a limb. I'm going to say it. I think that this was in front of a live crowd. Drew wins, but I think because it's not, they're going to wait and postpone yeah. Drew getting the belt. Yeah. And I think that holds up Rollins, too, because I think the eventual feud that's going to happen is Rollins versus McIntyre. That'll be good. 
So that'll be good. I, I I'm saying I wouldn't doubt McIntyre win, but I'm gonna say as as gonna throw an ultimate curveball and say they're gonna wait. No, they, I just thought of something. They wouldn't do that twice in a row, though. I was gonna say, what if they have money in the bank in between now and then, and Rollins wins? But I'm like, yeah, they wouldn't do that twice in a row. Him cashing in on uh, Brock, yeah, yeah, they wouldn't do that again. Yeah, they they wouldn't. I mean, this is why they they bump money in the bank to its own pay per view because they used right. to do it. They used to do it at Mania, right, for a little bit. So, right. No, I, I think uh, I, I want Drew to win just because I hate seeing Brock Lesnar with the belt because that means we have to go without a main event title belt on Raw for the next like four months mm-hmm. or whatever it ends up being time wise. But I think, like you said, they want that pop. They want that you know thing for the for the archive footage when you go to you know when you go to show the footage down the road or, or whatever. So I think Brock's unfortunately going to retain, and they're just going to push it. They're going to push all their plans back to SummerSlam. Maybe. I mean, at this stage, it, it could definitely happen. I'm hoping I'm wrong. I really want to stress this. I really hope McIntyre Cause wins. Because if they push anything back, it's going to be to SummerSlam, and they're not going to push it back to, like, Great Balls of Fire 2. Yeah. Oh, oh. best pay-per-view name ever. Yeah, it was something. Ever. But it's going to be a fun one to watch this weekend. If you are home or wherever you're at on the WWE Network, it's going to be two nights. Absolutely worthwhile checking yeah. out. And definitely, if you have your picks... Tweet it to us at OD Parlay Hour. I will definitely make a big blog of everybody's picks who has them for this week. Both shows are going to be starting 7 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on the WWE Network, Saturday, April 4th, Sunday, April 5th. So let us know what you think. What you think about our picks? Hit us up on the social media accounts. Use the hashtag ODPH. What is your WrestleMania picks? We definitely want to know. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Wonder Soul. Wonder Soul. Wonder Soul. Hey, I'm Lucas, the host of Wonder Soul, a weekly podcast series featuring a variety of topics dealing with life's many passions and experiences. Join me and friends each week as I discuss topics ranging from pop culture to real-life conversations that all can find relatable. New episodes bring new guests and new topics and release every Friday. More content can be found on Wonder Soul's YouTube and Twitch channels. Stay up to date and connect with Wonder Soul through social media by following us on Twitter and Instagram. And we hope that you enjoy Wonder Soul wherever you listen to podcasts. So do good and take care. Hi, this is Tyler from Second Suitor, and you're listening to the ODPH Podcast. I want you to get it. I want you to understand. I'm doing the best I can, but not as good as I want to be. I just want to get it. I just want to comprehend that I have to make amends. Coming back for the final segment on this edition of the ODPH podcast. Let's round those bases and take the show home, Pad. Yeah, of course. Uh, no local minute to talk about, of course, because there's no local sports going on. So we'll shift to round of the bases. I uh, got a couple NFL things to mention because as we sit here, there is still some NFL news going on. Some I'm not very happy with. Yeah. Uh, first one being the NFL owners have voted to and approved on the uh, expanding the playoff format to 14 teams beginning with the 2020 season. Uh, it, the article from ESPN reads, during a conference call to discuss league business after the annual meetings were canceled due to the coronavirus pandemic, the owners also awarded uh, one, one of those extra games to CBS and one to NBC. Uh, three-fourths of the 32 owners were needed to approve the change. So the playoff teams are expanding from what they currently are, which I believe is what, 12? Yes. To 14. So you're getting the two extra teams. Uh, The new format changes prior uh, league practices in two ways. Uh, There will be a total of three wildcard teams per conference, 
up for which is up from two. Uh, and then the uh, number two seed in each conference will host the new number seven seed in the wild card round, meaning that the only that only the number one seeds uh, will have a first round bye. I if I, it ain't broke, don't fix yeah, it. Yeah, I don't I don't get this. Like why why are we trying to fix something that has been proven to well, work? I well I I think they're just like we said, they're going for ratings, they're going for money because the article a little further along says Wildcard Weekend will feature back to back triple headers on January 9th and tenth, according to the league. CBS will broadcast one of the new games scheduled for a 4:40 Eastern Time kickoff on January 10th, and it will be streamed on CBS All Access. That game will uh, that game also will be aired on Nickelodeon in a production geared towards a younger audience. That's interesting. Uh, and then it says NBC, its new streaming service Peacock and Spanish language Telemundo, will broadcast the other new game on January 10th at approximately 8:15 Eastern Time. So this is, of course, the, uh, mo- the most recent expansion of playoffs since they were expanded in 1990, increasing from 10 to 12 teams. I don't get it. I Neither do I. Like, why? It just doesn't make any sense. So, so essentially, Wild Card Weekend starts at what time now? Uh, if I'm reading this right, uh, it will fe- there will be back-to-back triple headers on January 9th and 10th. Uh, it says one of the new games will be kicking off at 4:40 Eastern time. So these games got to be starting at like you got to have a game. You have a one, one four, a, one a four and an eight. Yeah, or a six or seven or whatever it ends up with seven. All right. I mean, two ways to look at this. One, you want more football, you got it. Yeah, and it's playoffs. But you're also going to be potentially letting in folks that are seven and eight. Yeah, you know, why, under, under the 500 record. Why are you watering down your product? Yeah, like that. Yeah. That's the way I, I sense this. It's, just just got to get those Dallas Cowboys in. Yeah, I mean, seriously. Like, why do we need that many extra teams we in? We don't. It, like we've said, this isn't a case of, you know, a couple of years ago where you had a lot of teams arguing why they should have been in the NCAA basketball tournament and some had a gripe. But nobody is sitting here going, oh, this, this team should have made it into the NFL playoffs. Like, nobody's sitting here saying that. Yeah, it, it's nobody was crying a river about this. It, nobody. It just it doesn't make any damn sense to make this happen. And especially now, like you do, you need more revenue. Do you need more ratings? You're mm. the number one sports league in the United States. Yep. All right. So what? You're not going to overtake soccer. Let's be honest about yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. So that ain't going to happen. Yeah. So what? What is do you need? So to you're fighting. You're fighting yourself. Yeah. You're just going to water down your own product. I mean, where are you really that worried about the XFL? You got to go top them. Like, I mean, seriously, what? What is I, this? I don't get it. Just because. You know, during the season, I'm okay with it, and it makes sense. It's a full day of football. It's fun. What's exciting about the way the play, I guess the playoff format was, was you got to those playoffs, and the games didn't start till 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. So that kind of gave you all day to kind of get amped up about it. Oh, boy, you know, get to get out of work or get out of what I'm doing, you know, finish the yard work and go, go watch them play off football. Now it's going to be, you know, you're going to get to that third game if you're sitting there watching all this triple header and go, I'm burnt out. Well, you think about it. The only time we ever really have a triple th- header, we do have them on Sundays yep. for the most part. Yep. I mean, okay, let's be honest, but it all depends on how serious you take the yeah. the 8 o'clock game at night and whatever yeah. you want to do with that. Yeah. The only other time we really have that is what, Thanksgiving? Uh, yes. All right. Thanksgiving and maybe like around Christmas or something like yeah. that. Yeah. I mean, it's one thing to have that much football, but for back-to-back and for playoffs, Yeah. I mean, were the ratings really that bad to cause it? I, just, I don't think I just, so. I, like, I just ain't drinking the Kool-Aid on this no. one. 
Like it's just it, you can't convince me that this was needed because if, if I'm reading correctly and the, and the article ESPN had up about this, if this format existed last year, the Rams and the Steelers would have been the number seven seeds. Oy. Yeah. Okay. Enough said. Like I am just saying. Like you don't need to water it down so much. Yeah. That if you're a two seed, you should get a buy. Yeah. Because <clears throat> I mean, how many times have You've seen a two seed should be a one seed, and yeah. then, and then yeah. this happened. And yeah, it's just a case of circumstances. Yeah, it's just circumstances that happen. So it just it does doesn't make a ton of sense to me to see this at all. Yeah, no, I, I don't get it either. I think what's going to happen is you're going to have a lot of teams that are either at five hundred or even below five hundred, just based on how the how it works out, making it into the playoffs. That you're going to have a lot of people saying this team has, and they might even get blown out when it comes to the first game of the playoffs. That you're going to sit there going, they got no reason being in the playoffs. But hey, because of this new format, we got we got a lot of men. And then, especially on an, an extended season, yeah, uh, like I, you're I, messing with something that don't need messing with. You're messing with it, and plus, you're also walking the fine line of more injuries happening. Uh huh. Because for the human body to sustain that many hits and physical toll, yeah. that American football does do, adding an extra game like they've done, mm-hmm. and now extra playoffs, yeah. I'm just saying, man. That just that's wild to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just something that's it's not favorable. It's we'll see how it works out. Hope maybe I'll, maybe we'll be wrong. Right. We'll see. Uh, moving on, uh, of course, with all the C19 stuff going on uh, in a recent uh, conference call media briefing, uh, Executive Vice President slash General Counsel Jeff Pash uh, said that they are expecting to the season to start on time. Uh, asked whether the league is making contingency plans for maybe a later start or for games to be played neutral or empty stadiums. Uh, he said the league's medical resources and models have indicated those plans might not be necessary. Uh, there, obviously, he said all of our discussions, all of our focus has been on a normal traditional season, starting on time, playing in front of fans in our regular stadiums, and going through a full 16-game regular season, and with a f- and a full set of playoffs. That's our focus. Uh, he went on to say, "We're still in March, so it's still so it's quite a few months between now and when our season would begin. The belief and the information that we have is leading us to continue on focusing on a season that starts on time and played in a normal way." Close quote. So definitely a bright spot and something to hope on. I would imagine they have some pretty good information, uh, you know, being in contact with the folks that be in in charge of this at the government level and with the CDC. I definitely hope the NFL season starts on time because I gotta admit, I hate I hate the fact that. Baseball hasn't started yet, and obviously because of with everything going on, I understand it. Not mad about it, mm-hmm. but it's lonely missing sports right now. It definitely is. There, I- there's a meme I related to on Facebook. Sorry to interrupt you, mm-hmm. but there was a meme on Facebook I saw where somebody said, "I've I've gone to the point I miss sports so much where I I play Madden and I set two computers against each other just to watch some sports." And I'm like, I relate to that a little bit. You can definitely do it. I mean, right now, like we say, it's a tough time. So whatever you can get your mind off what's going on, absolutely. Being you know homebound is very tough. So that being said, sports has always been a great escape. To not have that escape, it's very tough, especially this time of year right now. There's so many sports that normally would be going on Mm -hmm. that you don't have it. It's it's a difficult time. Yeah. For the NFL, though, to say the season should start on time, I don't really struggle with that because it's you would imagine that if everybody is complying to you know uh, flattening the curve, then we should be maybe getting some some sense of normalcy back with everything. Sure. By the time the season should start, so sure. I, I I am fully on board with that. As like we say, if, as long as the curve is getting flattening and we're doing enough to end the C nineteen era, 
I'm all for it. Well, so, so the only the only thing with the NFL on their radar and in their immediate future that's kind of up in the air right now is, of course, the NFL draft, which is supposed to take place in less than a month now. Uh, it is uh, on schedule to take place, but the format has not been finalized. So who knows how this is going to work? Right. So this is let me last storylines going to the NFL. I mean, even though it's the offseason, they're still having storylines. Yeah, imagine that. Absolutely wild to see. But we did have some bright programming note. Yeah, we did. That Coach Duffy was exploding on Coach Duffy Eleven on Twitter about Pad. Take it away. Uh, so there has been a documentary series in the works for a long time called The Last Dance, where it is, if I'm not mistaken, about the final year of Michael Jordan playing with the Chicago Bulls before he retired. And they basically, cameras were given all access to him and the team and followed him for, what, like a year mm-hmm. or something like that? That documentary was set to come out at a point later this year. However, with everything going on and everyone needing a bit of a distraction and something to watch, that documentary has gotten moved up to April 19th. Absolutely excited about this. If you are not a basketball fan, you I guarantee you know who Michael Jordan is. Go to the Sports Center or social media pages. I'm sure it's on all of them. And just watch the trailer for this. If that doesn't hook you, I'm not sure what will. It's been one of the most anticipated documentaries in recent memory. Yeah. I think once they announce this, if you are a basketball fan or even just a fan of how this team of the Chicago Bulls, the the last real dynasty Mm -hmm. of the 90s era, really took hold. I mean, for all the championships Michael Jordan won. This team had the most fireworks behind it the last one yeah. won with. So to see how this all unfolds, and it's going to be 10 parts starting April 19th, like Pat touched upon, and they're going back-to-back episodes each night starting 9 p.m. Eastern, uh, going the April 19th, 26th, May 3rd, 10th, and ending on May 17th. This is going to be some compelling television to watch and just get the behind-the-scenes mm-hmm. of just everybody in the raw footage that they have. Oh, in yeah. This. How like this is brilliant. They decided to tape this and yeah. just to see everybody's, you know, in person reaction to this. Man, I cannot oh, wait yeah. to see this thing. I'm oh, gonna yeah. be glued to my TV about. Oh, this. it's gonna be I'm, it's gonna be amazing. I'm not the biggest basketball fan. I respect the game and I watch the game. But even I remember who the Bulls were in the '90s. Even I know who the Bulls were in the '90s. To, you to, know, just to see this is gonna be something to see. To sit there as a Knicks fan and this is like kind of like what I go through with Tom Brady and the Patriots now. Sure. I always hated the Bulls, but I respected them. Because just to be that dominant mm-hmm. and that great, yeah, it's just something that to to watch from a distance and just see what you know Rodman and Jordan and Pippen and Phil Jackson put together, and even having the moving parts to work in the triangle offense and make that happen, yeah, and just be so dominant for that time period, just to show how great Jordan was. I mean, it's something to just sit there and respect and just to see the behind the scenes of this is going to be absolutely bananas. Oh, it's going to be amazing. I cannot wait to watch this. And I definitely say get your you know, DVRs ready. Oh, yeah. However you're watching TV these days, April 19th, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, get it locked in for The Last Dance. It's going to be compelling television. Mm-hmm. That being said, the music you heard on this episode of the ODPH is at a fair city fire. Now, Pad, let me ask you this. Did you hear some news that broke over the weekend concerning? Uh, I don't think so. Our our good friend Brian Wolf has some solo material coming out that he's been posting on his Facebook page. Uh, No real dates yet. He's just kind of saying he's doing a little house cleaning. So if you want to find out what's going on with him. And he's not leaving fair city fire. Ah, okay. I want to clear that up because I did get actually hit up about this on uh, ODPH. Social media. No, he's not breaking. He's just doing his little separate side project going on. So he's got some new stuff coming out. But where do you find out about them? OchoDuroParleyHour.com slash music. 
and they'll take you right to the link so you can go check out Fair City Fire's Instagram, their Twitter, their Facebook, their webpage, faircityfire.com. But if you stop by the ODPH's website, ochodoroparlayhour.com, and hit the music section, you can also find out about Second Suitor. You can find out about Shout at the Robots. You can find out about Floodlands. You can find out about Yard Party, who has an amazing album out, In Search of an Exit, that just dropped this past weekend, that next week will be playing their music on the end of each podcast. And it is awesome music to definitely check out. So shout out to them. They're actually going to be coming in the studio after the C-19 shutdown is lifted. So it's going to be some really good interview music going on, uh, interviews and music and just so much going on. You can find out on that section of the ODPH website. You can also check out the ODPH directory where you can find out links to Tom from Off the Cuff Gaming who just announced his he won something from Sticker Mule. Ooh. Shout out to them. They do our swag as well. Tom has some stuff that he was posting on his YouTube page. So if you want to find out about all the things going on with Off the Cuff Gaming, go check that out. You can also find out about Excite Wrestling, even though they're on hiatus. They're actually producing some stuff on YouTube as well. Yeah, the Excite Classic Series is going on. So more news to come about that for this week. So you can definitely check out the links there. And you can check out 8122productions.com, our friends over at Dragon Master Games. Shout out to them. Shout out to everybody at the 3FN podcast, Rich, Ron, and hashtag Big Natty Cool, who is on Twitter, Pad. Lord have mercy. And he can't be contained, folks. The tweets he is dropping are epic. And just as much as epic content that he has on their Patreon for Love is Scary. Oh, boy. You didn't think he could go some places. The episode they just dropped this past Wednesday, oh, he went somewhere. He was giving uh, – I can't even talk about it. I want to. I really do. But I'm not behind a paywall. They are. And Derek just gets in the studio and just lets the magic happen. So if you want to find out what's going on from them, their website is down right now. So you'll just have to go over to the 3 Fat Nerds Podcast Network, which we have all the links on the ODPH directory to go check out and just find out everything that's going on with them because they have got so much going on. You definitely don't want to miss out. Nope. You can also find out the links to horror zone 607 and all our other podcast groups that we are in. So shout out to pod nation, shout out to the Legion of independent podcasts and shout out to the apocalypse community because there's some big things going on. You can find out about all those pod chaser lists on the ODPH website. And you can also find out about live stream for the cure Pad, May 27th through the 31st. Mm-hmm. The camera is in the studio. It is working. So it's going to be the ODPH. It's no, dog, not now. Yeah, we're, we're keeping dog off camera right now because uh, he's trying to get on the show. We have a lot of people trying to get on that podcast that's going to be streamed along with a ton of great independent podcasts providing content to raise money for cancer research and to definitely top that goal of $10,000 for the Cancer Research Institute. We are super excited to be a part of this. Epic Film Guys run this for the fourth year now, and it's going to be on their Twitch channel. So twitch.tv slash epicfilmguys. Give Justin and Nick some love to check out their podcast. It's amazing if you are into films. They are Epic Film Guys for a reason. But we are going to be on Sunday, May 31st from 1 to 2 p.m. So we're just super excited to be on board. Uh, We're hearing a lot of people are trying to get in the studio for that one. I don't know where we're going to film it. We're going to do something crazy with it. We have to think of a really good topic, too. We've narrowed it down a little bit. I don't want to tease it just yet. But it's going to be us. It's going to be 3FN. It's going to be Tom from Off the Cuff Gaming, at least booked for that as well. Who knows? I heard Deadpool is going to be coming by. I don't know. Could happen. Wait and see for that. But for all that information, OchoDuroParleyHour.com. So check that out, for the, especially for the button for livestream for the cure.com as well. 
Pad, that is all I got for this week. So for you, sir, thank the one you. and only Padawan J. Thank you, thank you. I'm your host, Ken M. Shout out to Coach Duffy. Hit him up at Coach Duffy 11 and make sure you send him some Charlie Weiss love because he does love his Charlie Weiss gifts. I'm your host, Ken M. Thank you, as always, for listening to the ODBH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. See you next time.